Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Yes, so we are continuing a collection of talks called Pray First that we started the very first Sunday of 2023 and really leaning into what we call 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Pastor Joe alluded to it a little bit, and really we've committed 21 days at the beginning of this year to say, God, you are first in my life. And we've been doing this for 14 days now. We've been praying, we've been fasting. Let me give you a quick just update on how you can be a part of it. Let me tell you about prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's an expression of your relationship with him. It's that simple. So we call, the, our first step into that is what we call the first 15, where the first 15 minutes of our day are God's. Not the snooze button, not social media, not anybody else's, it's God's. And we spend five minutes of time reading our Bible, whether you have one or you read it on the Bible app, five minutes of time in worship, and then five minutes of prayer. We just say, dear God, be with me today. I need you, I can't do this on my own. And I promise you, if you do that for seven days and come back next Sunday, I'm just gonna promise you, you'll say, Pastor Ryan, you were right. That first 15 affected the other 23 hours of my day, and I feel blessed, and I feel like God is really walking with me. Why? Because he made the decision to pray first. And on Wednesdays at 6.30 a.m. at our local city HQ, we've been having morning prayer. Now I know that's early. But man, there's nothing better than getting up early before the sun rises and spending time with God's church praying. So you'll see it posted on our social media and we email it out every single week, the invitation. But I'd love for our final one this Wednesday before we close the fast, for as many of our churches that can make it, to come out to the local city HQ, 6.30 a.m., we end at 7.30, but you can come for 15 minutes, for a half hour, be in the room because it's powerful. And the second thing we do is we fast, meaning that we remove something from our life and replace it with something of God. Whether that's social media, or TV, or screens, or a meal during the day, or stepping into a specific diet, and we replace it with God. I gotta be honest with you, the first seven days, I was feeling good. I'm like, feeling good, God? This fast is awesome! Next seven days, I was like, oh God, hungry. I'm missing out on this. Getting tempted here to turn my phone on and check out social media, but I promise you, it's in those moments when you say no, Sometimes it's good for you to tell yourself a healthy no. And you say, nope, not doing that, not giving in, I'm gonna keep going. And I just spend some time with the Lord, man, it's powerful and it keeps you going and it truly is like a breath of fresh air in your life. So if it's your first time here on a Sunday or you haven't stepped into the fast yet, seven days is better than no days. So finish these seven days with us and let's step into this pray first fasting. How's that sound, church? Ready to finish strong or start well? Yeah, good, good, good. And so today, the title of my conversation is Worship Matters. Worship Matters. There's this concept in church that we call worship, and we just did it, and the worship team does an incredible job. Can you do me a favor? Give a good shout of thanks to our worship team. And Jonathan, man, thank you guys so much. Got the command center, keys, drums, all the above going on. But it's a blessing because they lead us into worship every Sunday. And worship is not a concert, as we're gonna talk about today. Worship is not just music that we listen to and say, oh, you know, that sounds pretty good. 
No, worship is participatory. Worship is all of us together. It's what's happening up here and what's happening out there that makes it powerful. Because I know we, we, we would probably agree that music has a powerful relationship to our life, right? Anybody ever been having a bad day? And I don't know if people listen to the radio anymore, but like the right song comes on the radio or on your Spotify playlist and your whole day is turned around. Anybody like that? All right, just me. All right, cool. Let's try it again. Anybody like that? Come on. Now, I know we are. We're waking up a little bit today. But the thing is, music has power over us. Like one of the, you just saw Teddy up here when I dedicated him. One of the things I'm humming to him all the time, it's a very important musical interlude in our house. And I'm always humming to him, Yeah, when he's going to sleep, like he's hearing the war chant for Florida State. All right. Now, if you're chomping, you know, when you're hearing that, that's okay. We still love you. We're praying for your deliverance. Uh, but that's what I'm humming to him because I want that to get into his soul, into his spirit. But also, with our older son, Shepard, who's incredible, we are making sure that we're playing worship music for him. Every day on the way to school, we listen to worship music. Now, he wants to listen to Kids Bop or some of his other songs. Like, he was asking for the Wiggles the other day, and I was like, that's a throwback. Hey, he's right there. He's waving at me. Hey, buddy, yeah. And so every morning, we say, no, we start the day with church music. Why? Because it's going to help us be a better friend. It's going to help us be a better listener. It's going to help us be a leader in our classroom today. So we listen to them. And they're, they're, they're good, man. These little kid worship songs that we listen to, I get, they get stuck in my head. Jesus is my friend forever, my forever friend. Yeah, and it's great. It has power over us, right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about with my relationship with Adrian, right? Anytime I hear the Frank Sinatra song, that's all. I could only give you love that lasts forever. And that, that was a song I played when we got engaged. And every time I hear that, I'm brought back to that moment. And see, worship matters because it's not just music. It's tied to memory. It's tied to power. It's tied to influence in our life. And the Bible knows this. Here's what it says in the book of Psalms. I want you to read this for me. It says, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him for he made it. His hands form the dry land too. So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. This is my prayer and appeal to you today, local city, is that if only you would listen to his voice today. I promise you every worship session, every message, God is speaking. But for us, it's time to listen. It's time to turn out all the noise of what's going on outside and in our life and turn up the volume of the voice of God today. What does it say in the very beginning? It's bolded on your notes and on the screen. Come, you're here, you did that part, Woohoo! You gotta come here, you gotta be in the room. Then what does it say? Let us together, there's power and it matters when we worship together even more than when we just worship alone in our car. And those, what does it say? Come let us sing to the Lord. Not sit back and watch, not stand and be passive, but to be active and sing. Where? Not to each other, not to perform, but simply to the Lord, to our God. And I love that it gets active saying, let us shout joyfully to the first, the rock of our salvation. 
And that's the foundation I want you to build today. Here's something I wanna give you this morning. I want you to write this down because I believe this could change your 2023. Ready for it? Here it is, write it down. Nothing changes if nothing changes. That's right. Give somebody an elbow and tell them that. Hey, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you want to change from 2022 in your relationship with God or physically, spiritually, emotionally, and you don't change anything, nothing will change. Why? Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting the same results. And some of us are a little insane in our walk with God. We're saying, well, God's not showing up in my life. I just feel like I'm at a standstill with him. Well, have you changed anything? Have you stepped deeper into to worship? Have you stepped deeper into your first 15? Because that's the way you get there. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Honestly, church, my goal for us today and my, my idea this morning is that if we would change the way we worship, not in music style or anything like that, but change the way we appreciate and revere and honor worship, man, something powerful will change in our church. The Bible tells us that praise lifts heaviness. Anybody feeling heavy right now? Emotionally, spiritually? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand, I know it's true. You're probably so weighed down you can't even lift your hand, I get it. Praise lifts heaviness. And scripture tells us that it's worship that breaks the chains in our life. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And here, honestly, is the main idea of this morning. If you don't remember anything, remember this. And I pray you would, you would encourage someone with that this week. It says that we'll never be free from our problems until we turn, excuse me, to something bigger than our problems. Some of us were dealing with problems in our life because we continually think we can take care of them. Some of us were continually dealing with problems in our life because we think others can take care of them. Maybe simple ones, maybe surface level ones, but identity issues, deep down relational issues from the past, fear, anxiety, depression, stress, pride, those problems, only one person can solve those. And his name is Jesus. And he's bigger than those problems. And he has invited us to worship him and say, you know what, whatever problem it is, I promise I'm bigger than it. I defeated it on the cross and I walked out of that grave alive so you can live and not surrender to those problems. My invitation to us today is to turn to something that's bigger than our problems. Why do I walk out of this room encouraged every Sunday? Because I realize, you know what, I've given it to God and he can take care of it way better than I can. And not only have I given it to him, but I've worshiped him and said, thank you, God, even before it's happened. So before we pray and jump into the heart of this message, let me give you a quote that I love. Every time I teach on worship, I use this quote. It's by the guy who authored the message version of the Bible named Eugene Peterson. It says this. I, love, I mean, the, I could just read the first four words and it's great. Feelings are great liars. Can I get a good amen? All right, we say it this way at Local City. Choices lead, feelings follow because they're liars. If Christians worshiped only when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. We think that if we don't feel something, there can be no authenticity in doing it. But the wisdom of God says something different, that we can act ourselves into a new way of feeling much quickly than we can feel ourselves into a new way of acting. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God not a feeling for God that is expressed in the act of worship. 
My hope for you today is that you would just step into it, whether you feel like it or not, that you would step into what God is asking you and inviting you into because worship matters. Would you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you're here in this place. We're so thankful that worship matters. And we do give you our best attention today. We listen and lean in to everything that you have for us. And God, we know that nothing changes if nothing changes. So today we want something to change. In our life, we need your change. In our relationships, we need your change. In our faith, we need your change. And so Father, we pray we would do our part today and be intentional in that. And God, we're so thankful for the little lives that we dedicated today for little Coral and Teddy. And God, I pray for all of our kids and local city kids today. I pray again that you would speak to them, that they matter, and that Jesus, you love them so much. And God, as we step into our conversation today, we again open our hearts and listen to you. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, give me one more good amen, everybody. All right. Well, it's gonna be a really fun conversation today uh, because I've been studying about this for a while. Uh, Pastor Joe, could you bring me my Bible right there? It's under that reset book. I kind of forgot. That's kind of important if I'm gonna preach today. Um, but I've been spending some time in the Word and leaning into the biggest book in the Bible, which is the book of Psalms. And what's amazing is the book of Psalms is all about worship. It's all about the honesty of God. It's all about having an honest relationship with him and how important it is to honor him no matter what in our life. But let me give you something that not only the Bible tells us, but something that biology and scientists have told us as well. And it's this little phrase right here. And it's that we are adoration apparatuses. Turn to the person next to you, tell them, hey, you're an adoration apparatus. I know, you're like, I'm gonna say it, Pastor Ryan, but I don't really know what that means and I hope it's not something weird. No, it's not. So, so science tells us that we as humans are what is defined as an open-looped creature. Every other creature in creation is closed-looped, meaning they're led by instinct and they just do what comes natural and they never have to really experience something more than that. But as humans, we are open-loop, meaning that we will never find fulfillment or our full identity of who we are until we adore something bigger than ourselves. Until we adore something that is outside our understanding, outside our own accomplishments, outside our own talents and abilities. And we're an apparatus for doing that. I mean, we were, we were created to do what we're doing today. We were created to lift up the name of Jesus. We were created to have a relationship with him. You were created to adore him. And so what I want to do is break down a few areas of worship, and we're going to do things a little bit differently today with some special moments during service. So I just pray that today, more than any other day, that you would just let go and let God speak to you today, that you would let go and let God challenge you today, because again, nothing changes if nothing changes. So here's the whys of worship that I want to give you first, okay? The first why of worship, if you want to write it down, is that God is always worthy of my worship. Now what's interesting about this word worship is that it actually comes, it's broken down, then they've removed a letter from this and changed the order, but it actually came from a word that was created called worth-ship. That what was worthy of me was worthy of my worth-ship. I'm not swearing, I'm just you know, saying what the word is, all right? And now we move to worship, which realizes that there's some things in our life that we've deemed worthy to give attention to. And guess what? 
we all in this room worship something. So we're gonna have a little inventory today, is that okay? A little counseling session together. I'm not a counselor, but I went through this practice myself. And so I've figured, why not do it on Sunday? So here's a little practice for you, all right? I'm gonna give you three questions. And when you answer them in your mind, you don't have to answer them out loud. I will show you what you worship, all right? So here's what I worship. First question, what do I spend my money on? If I were to look at your credit card statement, would it look like you seem to worship these coffee shops a lot? You're always there. You're always at these, like that's me, I, that's me. I'm speaking to the choir today, all right? Like why is this popping up so much? Because I'm there all the time, I can't get enough of it, right? Do I worship those places? I, it looks like it by what I'm spending my money on. Man, you seem to worship this God named Netflix a lot. He's popping up all over the place. And there's another, a bunch of his other friends too, like Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and Hulu. What is all that? You, Amazon pops up a lot. Who is that? He must have done a lot for you because it's like every two purchases is Amazon. Is that what we worship? I'm just telling you, I'm speaking to myself today because I needed to, I need to answer this question honestly because where I spend and invest shows what I worship because I'm saying it's valuable in my life. Now, now we have to take a real gut check inventory of where is God on that list? Really, and again, there's no pressure there, but there is purpose and identity behind it. The second thing is, first question, what do I spend my money on? The second thing is, what do I spend my time on? My calendar tells me a lot about what I worship. If a lot of work appointments are on my calendar, vacation is on the calendar, coffee meetups is on the calendar, the gym is on the calendar. Kids stuff is on the calendar. But there is no mention of God or alone time with him or the first 15. And what do I worship? We have to think about these things because I promise you these things affect your life and nothing changes if nothing changes. But look at my calendar and church isn't on there and God's not on there. What does that say about where my worship is focused? I'm telling you, we added another kid a few months ago Time goes by quick. So you gotta get up before the distractions. You gotta take intention behind it. I gotta get up before everyone in the house if I wanna have an uninterrupted time with the Lord. And it's a lot of times early. But it's worth it. I'm telling you, the last four, I'm just gonna be honest with you, the last 14 days, I've felt, more clo I've felt closer to God and better just individually than I have in a long time which doesn't make any sense because I'm getting a little bit less sleep because I'm waking up earlier. I'm eating less because I'm fasting, but that is what I'm telling you about the power of when God is first in your life. Things don't make sense, but they work out for your good. Can I get a good amen if you believe that? Third thing is this, and this is where maybe we really have to think a lot. Where do I spend my money on? Where, what do I spend my time on? And the third one is what do I spend my worry on? What are you worried about right now? Well, that would maybe indicate that we're worshiping and worrying about that problem more than we're worshiping God and worrying about whether or not he's going to show up. Because as I'm going to invite you to today, is you don't have to worry anymore about whether or not God is going to show up in your life when you worship him first. You don't have to worry about this problem or that problem or that bill or that interview or that meetup this week or that thing you're still dealing with or that addiction or that fear. You don't have to worry about it anymore because when you worship God first, the rest is blessed. We talk about that a lot. 
So God is always worthy of my worship. Let me give you number two. I was created to give him praise. We talked about that already. Open loop creature, adoration apparatus. Number three, I have found nothing greater than being in God's presence. There is absolutely nothing greater than that because that is what Jesus gave his life for. So you and I could walk through those doors and not feel judgment, not feel heaviness, not feel burdened, but feel the freedom and forgiveness that is available to us when Jesus walked out of that grave alive. He gave his life so that you, can, you and I could freely do this. And there's nothing better than this, I gotta tell you. People ask me all the time, how'd you get to now? How'd you get to having crazy faith to step out and plant a church? How'd you have crazy faith to get through COVID after you had just planted? How'd you have crazy faith to have kids and get married, man? And I just go back to when I was 13 years old and I was in church and youth group, seeing kids my age lift their hands, shout out to God and realize I have nothing in my life like that. Nothing in my life makes me feel that way. Now I, I'm happy, I'm blessed, but there is nothing in my life that I adore and revere and honor as much as it seems these kids are honoring God right now who are my age. I said, if that's real, God, I want all of it. And so every week I was in church and I just gave God everything during worship. It's like, looks like, looks like people lift their hands, so I'm just gonna do that. Looks like they sing, I guess I can kind of carry a tune, I'll sing. Looks like people stand, okay, cool, I'm gonna stand. Looks like sometimes they bow, okay, I'll do that. And I wasn't performing, I was just getting myself in the posture of worship and realizing there's nothing greater than this. And here's what I've learned in my life, and I promise you it's, it's true of yours. Number four is it can change my life it changes my life, and it has the power to change others. Just gotta tell you. Because every, I'm so thankful for all those kids in my youth group that didn't realize it was, that, that, that didn't think it was just a concert just to sit back and watch, but gave their all to the Lord because it changed my life. And now if this church has changed your life in any sense of the word, it's changing yours. The worship of 13-year-olds is changing your adult life. And now our worship can change our friends and family and neighbors that we bring in. You know what's happened more so in the last few weeks than happened at any time back at our high school? So many people walk up to that tent and say, hey, what's going on in there? Well, it says church, man. Oh, oh, I'm, oh okay, well, tell me a little bit. We, tell, we talk about how it's, hey, this is, this is home. You belong here. Come on in. They can sense there's something different about it. And we have to, re we have to show them there is something different about it. Look at this verse. If we continue in Psalm 34, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times, constantly speak his praises, and I will boast only in the Lord. Maybe this will encourage you today. Let all who are helpless take heart. So come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name. What's it say? Together. That's what I love about church. I love Sundays. Because you're broken, I'm broken, I'm messed up, you're messed up. But there is something miraculous when all those broken pieces, all those messes come together and become a message full of worship to our heavenly Father God and our Savior Jesus. And when we do that together, man, there is true miraculous power here in the room. And the last thing I would want for any of us is to number one, sit back and think we can't have it and involve ourselves in it. And two, to sit back and miss it because of we weren't feeling it that day. Let me give you the next thing. I'm gonna give you some words. Just hold off, put them on the screen because I want to explain them. But these, what I'm gonna entitle, are called the ways of worship. I'm gonna hit them pretty quick. But let me tell you why I put these on here. Because I think we've entered into this dangerous phase or cultural moment in following Jesus that is really messing up our relationship with him. 
And I'm gonna use my relationship with my wife to exemplify what I'm talking about. So Adrian and I, we've been married for almost eight years, I think, almost nine years. We've been together for longer than that because it took us seven years to get married. Hello, commitment issues, this side, that side, all the sides. We finally did it though, and it's great. The thing is, what I've learned though, I've learned some things about her. Valentine's Day is coming up, right? Husbands, boyfriends, there you go. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And on Valentine's Day, I always get Adrian's, Adrian flowers. She loves white roses. And someone said amen. You like them too? Awesome. If, if you have a, a significant other, make sure you let them know. But white roses, right? And so that's what she's expecting on Valentine's Day. That's the way she has described to me how to love her. Now, if I wake up on Valentine's Day and say, ah, oh, you know what? Not really feeling white roses today. Maybe I'll grab some pink tulips. If you know anything about my wife, you know pink, uh-uh, is not allowed in the house. Neutral tones, grays, whites, okay? But I, I just like that they're more pretty. And I bring those pink tulips to her, and she's like, what is this? And I say, well, that's what I felt like bringing you because that's what I, I wanted to give you. And she says, no! Christmas, when I go outside the Pinterest list that I've been secretly tagged in, it doesn't go well. I got to get off the Pinterest list because she says, this is what I want, sir. Nothing else. No freedom. I'm like, that's okay. Because I would rather her want what she wants rather than me like trying to surprise her and her not want it. We do that with God all the time. Sundays, we walk in. I know, God, you've said this, but I feel like doing this. In our life, God, I know you've said this, but this makes more sense to me and I feel like doing it this way. I just gotta tell you, God has specifically outlined in his word ways to worship, to receive his blessing and power. And they're non-negotiable. I don't wanna negotiate with the creator of the universe. Doesn't work well. I don't wanna negotiate. How disrespectful and dishonoring it would it be for me to negotiate with the God who came down to this earth as a human, lived this life, gave his life, was whipped and beaten and nailed to a cross for me and my sin, and walked out of that grave alive and conquered death. And I'm saying, well, you know, I really feel like doing it this way. No, it doesn't work that way. So let me give you the ways of worship, all right? First three words we're gonna talk about, you can write them down as I explain them. The first word is halal, halal. It means to rave, boast, and celebrate. Psalms 35, 18, I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all people. I just gotta tell you that now, if you're new here in church, or if you just started following Jesus, you can take a break and just kinda listen to this. If you've been following Jesus for a long time, and this is your worship, that is not the way of worship for you anymore. I'm sorry, it's not. What does this word Hillel say? To rave, to boast, to celebrate. This is for my men out there, because a lot of times it's the men. Now men, if I go to a Bucks game with you, or a Lightning game with you, and I see, yeah, let's go, woo! Obviously it's inside there, and I gotta tell you, no player on the Lightning or on the Bucks died for you, and they would never do it in a heartbeat. But the Son of God did, and he's in this place asking you to give him a little Hillel, a little raving, a little boasting, a little celebrating. Come on. Don't worry, men. Ladies, 
Sometimes we, we can get in our emotions. It's okay. My wife, she loves that show, The Bachelor, and she's like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, when it's on. So obviously that, what response is there? So it doesn't matter how I feel when I walk into this place. I've been called to rave, to boast, to celebrate. If I don't feel like it, who cares? My old youth leader used to tell me, say, when I would say, I don't feel like waking up and getting there early. He's like, oh, guess what? Did Jesus say he didn't feel like going on the cross? I'm like, oh, come on, man. No. All right, I'll be there. Next thing is yada. Not yada yada like Seinfeld, but yada to acknowledge in public. It's not just a private thing. It's a public thing. There's power when we do this together. Psalm 138.1, I will give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart and all together. And the third one, we know that we're doing that. I've talked about that one already. The third one, and we're going to have some a special moment for this one. The third one is Barak, which means to bless by kneeling or bowing. I just got to encourage you, local city, nothing changes if nothing changes. And when is the last time you've done this? And not cared about what other people think. Not cared about what other people are saying. Not cared about the perspective or opinions of anyone else. Did you know what? God, I need you to move in my life now. And I'm just going to kneel. Because in Psalm 103, it says, let all that I am praise the Lord might never forget the good things. Do you know what this posture reminds me of? All the good things God's done for me. When I'm down here, it's in the humility of God. I couldn't even stand up without your breath and strength in my life. God, I wouldn't even be here without your blessing and forgiveness, without lifting me out of the darkness that I used to walk in. God, you are the only reason I have breath in my lungs today. My wife, my family, our church is only because of you. And when I bow down, experience the goodness of God more so than I ever could standing. And so I want to encourage you, we're going to do something special here as we begin to close the message and finish with a few last things. But I want this moment to be between you and the Lord. The, the worship team is going to begin to play behind me and I'm going to have the most anointed worship leader I know sing this song for you, which is my wife. And I'm not just saying that as her husband, I really believe it. And this song is called Sing My Way Through. And sometimes you just got to sing through it when you don't know the words, when you don't know what's next, you just gotta sing through it. And if you feel led today during this song as my wife is ministering to you and singing over you, take a moment and bow at your seat right where you're at. Who cares what anyone else is thinking? I'm doing it, I'm in front of you, you're not alone. I wanna care about what God says and what God is speaking to me in my life. So she sings this, if you feel led, bow down, close your eyes, just say thanks to God. You say, God, I need you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me right now? I just want to invite God. This is only going to be a, for a few minutes. God, we're so thankful to you. And God, I pray that we would sing our way through. And God, that we wouldn't miss this moment. As we begin to close the morning and finish with our last points, God, I just want to take a deep breath and slow down here. Give you a chance to move individually in our lives together. If there's anyone in here, God, that needs just to kneel down and bow down before you, I pray that we would do it love you, Lord. We just open our hearts today as this worship song ministers to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I will sing my way through all the way to all your promises. I will sing my way through all the way to everything you've said. I will sing my way through all the way to everything you've said. I will sing my Sing my 
pray today that we would just continue to sing our way through those dark times that may draw us to our knees, but also, God, on those blessed times, we would fall to our knees in thankfulness. Father, for those who need you today and they're kneeling before you, and for those who are thinking about you in their seats right now, God, I pray that you would just speak to them, give them strength today. We know that you're with us and you're for us. And just like the song says, we're singing our way through to your promises. Your promises, God, that are yes and amen. We stand on that today in Jesus' name. Amen. We give a clap for God's goodness today. Come on, thank you guys so much. Worship matters. Those moments matter. Let's keep doing it. Now, we, give me the last five minutes here as we close. The next two words I want to give you are really what we're going to do at the end of service here in just a few moments. But the first word is to shabak, to address in a loud tone, to shout. And why do we do that? Because in Psalm 63.3, it says, your unfailing love is better than life itself, how I praise you. So a lot of times you'll hear, hear our team go, come on, local city, give me a shout if God's good. Yeah, yeah. Come on, local city, live that. Yeah, yeah. Uh. I just gotta tell you, God has not saved you and redeemed you and restored you to the response of, yeah. When I was at my worst, he forgave me. When I was in my darkest, he pulled me out of that pit. When I didn't deserve it, he still gave me grace. And not only that, he gave me love and he gave me the title of son in the heavenly family of our heavenly father. So when we say, give God some praise, we go, yes and amen. God, we're so thankful that you have done this. We don't deserve anything, but you've given it to us anyway. And that's not just a Sunday thing, that's an everyday thing. Because the enemy's shouting at you. And sometimes you just gotta shout back in your face. You gotta shout back in his face. Ah, no. Unfailing love is mine, enemy. Grace and forgiveness and redemption is mine, not shame and fear. And the last thing is tauda, to lift hands in adoration. I'll praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. I want you to know this is not performing. This is the posture of worship. To lift up our hands and say, God, I give it up to you because I can't do this without you. Today's Baptism Sunday, and what we say Baptism Sunday is, is an outward reflection of what God is doing on the inside. This is an outward reflection of what God is doing on the inside. So let me give you what, some, some language to say to you in worship from here on out. And man, if you didn't get a chance to sign up for Baptism Sunday, but you feel like today's your day, we got the supplies for you. When I dismiss the Baptism Sunday team, you can head on out. Let me give you the final three things really quick, and then we're gonna sing together to close. So here's what you say to yourself when you walk into worship on Sundays, when you walk into your time of worship. Number one, got a reason to do this. Let me encourage you, local city. You will never not have a reason to worship. You will never not have a reason to give glory to God. You will never have, you'll never not have a reason to say thank you to Jesus. Because if God never does anything else for us, he's already done enough to receive praise for eternity. And guess what? You might as well get used to it now because in heaven, we're gonna be doing it forever. Second thing is, is worship is the weapon that wins the wars in my life. Some of you have been like, what's going on over here? What's that? Well, now I'm gonna tell you. Some of us, we've been approaching problems in our life, excuse me, that weigh us down. And we're trying to fight them. I mean, we're beating them down, we're fighting them, but we're actually getting more hurt in the process than the problem is. And we're 
banging at it, we're yelling at it, we're trying to get past it, and we're just getting more hurt and we're getting more frustrated. If you look in the Old Testament, there are numerous stories and not so, numerous actual events where God said, before you pick up that sword, before you gather the armies, send out the worshipers first. Lift up a shout of praise. I want you to realize that when you've got worship, you've got this tool in your hand that says, ah, problems, not anymore. You are broken and you are defeated. I need some praise after that because that worked. I didn't know if it was going to work. And it worked. But that's what's in your hands. That's what's in your hands. And it's messy, but it's not a problem anymore. It's done. And now people look at that and say, how'd you do that? Worship, baby. I just worship Jesus. It's not about me. That thing on Sundays, it's not just an event. It's not checking a box. We're experiencing God. You've got to fill the seat next to me because you got problems. But guess what? There's someone bigger than your problems. Here's the last one. When all else fails, God, I give you the tool that will change your life. When all else fails, I'm just going to speak in the name of Jesus. You may not know what to pray, but you can say the word Jesus. You're good. I have read countless stories and people in the most persecuted areas of the world who follow Jesus, where they have stared men's with, men with guns in, the, in their face and just said the word Jesus. And some sort of miraculous things happens where they walk out of that place alive, where those people bow onto their knees and give their life to Jesus, who was once just holding a gun in their face. I need you to understand this local city. If you would just commit when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know how to act, just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Just a second, I'm gonna give you a chance to do all those five words to get a little Hallel going in here, a little Tauda, a little singing, a little shouting, a little Shabbat. Right now, this moment before we sing a song literally entitled, Speak Jesus, if you're getting baptized today, you can head on out. But this moment is for you. This moment is for you who you feel distant. You feel like you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You feel like you've been on the outside looking in of worship your whole life. And you feel like you don't matter, but I want you to know you matter in God's eyes. And it simply starts by saying yes to Jesus and speaking the name of Jesus so you can step into relationship with him. As we close today, I just want to invite you with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to invite you to do an outward reflection of what God is saying on the inside. And I would say, if you don't feel like you have a relationship with Jesus and you want to say, today's the day, nothing changes if nothing changes. When I count to three, would you raise your hand if that's you today? One, two, three. Is there anyone here? Yes, I see your hand in the back. I'm going to count to three one more time. One, two, three. Oh, yes, I see your hand over there. So good, so good. Let's see your hand. Awesome. So would you repeat this prayer after me? Would you say, all of us together, come on, local city, we're not leaving anyone alone today. We're gonna to say this together. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you. I love you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give it up for those people who raised their hand today. Would you stand to your feet today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. 
Have a great day.